Back in the 70s, the mantra for teens was peace and love. In the 80s, the mantra for most teen boys was skate or die. Flash forward 20 years, and what do our youths care about? What's the Wi-Fi password? Thank you for tuning into What's the Wi-Fi Password, a place where we have discussions about topics and issues that are relevant to the teens in our generation and how to point them towards the gospel. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about this podcast, please email Joshua Shively at joshuas at calvary.com. All right, guys, we've been talking about sheltering in place, and that got me thinking about people who are forced to shelter in place all the time. So people in jail and in prison. So I have a few questions like about jail and prison. Well, one, I have a really quick story. In high school, I was part of some type of club with straight A students where they like took us to different field trips where they're trying to show us like basically how to not be criminals, I guess, and like trying to scare us into not being criminals. So what, (laughs) which is interesting because it was like the top of the class kids going. So we probably weren't the ones who would be going to prison anyways. Anyways. They took us to the jail uh, in Reno, Nevada. I couldn't tell you if it was the jail or the prison, but I think it was probably the jail. And there was, uh, we had to do a tour through it and they took us to like where the insane people are. And I'm sure the insane people are just trying to mess with us because we are all scared kids walking in there. And we walked in that room and it's full of jail cells and all these men just emerge to the, to the bars and they just start shaking them, screaming, rattling, kicking them. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it was literally the scariest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Like the screaming and the hooting and the holler, like, it, yeah, was, it was barbaric. I don't even yeah. know how to explain it, but I was just like, I never, ever, ever want to be here. And then the other thing that scared me about jail was the room where they're like, if you ever get arrested for like drunk driving or drinking and whatever um, in public intoxication, we bring you to this room. And it was this huge room with this one tiny steel toilet, like yeah. in the middle of the room. And I was like, he's like, yeah, at any given time, there could be like 10, 15, 20 people in here. And there's one toilet and you have to go in front of everybody. And I was like, no way, no, no, way, no way. Yeah, it's called so, a drunk tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my question to you guys today to start off the podcast. I'll, by the yeah. way, happy, happy um, Friday, everybody. Yeah, happy Friday. I hope yeah. you guys are having a good week. I, my name is Tate Dozler. This is What's the Wi-Fi Password. And uh, I have with me Joshua, our youth ministry pastor, and Andy, our middle school director. Hey, guys. So I want to know, you guys, what are your jail prison stories or, or any run-ins you've had with the police? I feel, oh. like, I feel like the students would love to hear that. This is good. I think we're hitting a new level of intimacy here on the What's the Wi-Fi Password. <laughs> Um, Andy, I'll let you go first, actually, man. I heard you had a, a uh, doozy of a story. Yeah. Well, I imagine, Joshua, you're probably going to be the grand finale with this stuff. So <laughs> what I'll let that? you go last. <laughs> I know where you grew up, so I, I've got a little taste. Um, yeah. So my story uh, happened when I was, gosh, 
think I was 17 years old. And it was on my family reunion in Georgia. Uh, we go there every year, uh, rent this like house on the beach. It's all of my mom's family. And I had my learner's permit. I had just gotten it, meaning I'm allowed to drive if there is an adult over the age of 25 who has a license in the front seat with me. And my uncle is a huge car guy and he loves like repairing cars, working on cars, driving cars, looking at cars, everything to do with cars. And so he wanted to take me out driving and we had to pick up his brother-in-law from the airport and it's Georgia. It's this little island called Tybee next to this town called Savannah. So we're talking a 40 minute drive on pretty much country roads. So imagine Highway 68 if you had 10% of the cars that Highway 68 has. So it's really easy to drive. But on the way, we have to stop by this little uh, mini mart, like in a strip mall, right by the house that we were renting, just to pick up some last groceries for the time we were there. And as we pull into the parking lot, you know, I'm a brand new driver here. Uh, I'm waiting for this family to like pull out of their parking spot. As we're waiting, my uncle's like, hey, just hang right here. I'm going to pop in really quick. We just got to grab one thing, and I'll be right back in the car. Don't move. And I interpret that to mean try to find a parking spot. And I'm waiting for this family to back out. They're taking forever. And cars are trying to pull into the parking lot behind me, but I'm blocking their way. So I figure, all right, I need to move forward, find another parking spot. I find another one, but, you know, don't know how to drive hardly first time driving this car don't know the dimensions of the car i'm trying to turn into the parking spot see that my like bumper is about to tap their fender and i think all right i need to stop right about and i hit them hit them going like three miles an hour i'm freaking out i don't know what to do i start backing up the thought goes through my head of i just need to drive around the block one time come back pick up my uncle leave and then when we're five miles out tell them what i did that's my thought right there it's like that's that's what i gotta do but back up you can see the scratched paint on their car so it's like oh shoot i'm not like getting away with this a lady gets out of the front seat and starts yelling at me and i'm now terrified i have no idea what's going on the owner of the car comes out of the store there was a cop who was like driving by sees this happen pulls in to the parking lot and gets out, looks at the owner of the car, and says to her, well, Sheriff, how would you like us to proceed? So I bumped into the retired sheriff's car. And of course, my uncle comes out of the grocery store, sees me standing outside the car crying, a cop right there, these two like, like uh, angry-looking women there, and he just walks out. He has this look on his face that I'll never forget. That's just like, how did my nephew get into this? <laughs> like, how did, it was five minutes. How did you pull this off? Um, and fortunately, the uh, owner of the car was really nice, was very understanding once I explained myself. Um, the cop gave me a breathalyzer test because they <laughs> sat there and were like, all right, how is anyone that stupid as to hit a parked car like this trying to park their car he has to be impaired in some way the cop spent like 
30 minutes reading every word of my learner's permit, trying to figure out what the heck it was. Because uh, 17-year-olds in Georgia, they've been driving for three years already most of the time and driving tractors for a decade before that. So <laughs> it was just this crazy situation. I was so upset. I had no idea, like, what was going to happen. I was worried my mom was going to kill me. I was worried my dad was going to kill me. I spent the next week with that same uncle and had to work off the $300 that he paid to this lady to get her bumper repainted. So I was like mowing his lawn, cleaning out an engine, like just doing all of this, like built a tool shed for him, just doing all of this like work on my vacation to pay this off. Uh, so that's my closest cop story that I've had. That's hilarious, man. Hitting a sheriff's car. I love it. It's good stuff. I get to see 17 year old Andy just like flipping out. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in like a really small town in Northern California. So I just, I knew the sheriffs. I mean, heck I went hunting with them when I got older. Uh, I, I just knew these guys. And so I never had a big fear of them. Um, when I was a kid, I was telling them earlier, uh, I'd ride dirt bikes around and when, you know, you'd want to cheat and ride the dirt bike on a, on a normal street um, out of the backwoods, out of like a trail to get to another one or get up to the store and you'd see the sheriff car and you'd, you'd flip a Yui real quick and you'd head back towards the trail and they'd chase you down. I mean, these guys knew where I lived. So it was just kind of like a game. But when I was in high school, um, I had this big red lifted Toyota pickup truck. Right. Um, and just total redneck boonie crasher Toyota truck. And there was a sheriff that pulled me over one time. Um, and I gave him such lip. Like I was such, I was just such a little punk to him. Um, but he wanted to like, he thought I was smoking pot or something like that. And he kept saying he smelt marijuana in my truck. And you guys, I, I, I did not smoke marijuana at that time. And so like, he, he finally like, <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, finally, um, I, for keywords in this story, being a punk, not at this time. <laughs> there you go. And so Finally, I say, man, you, you're not going to let me go until you search my truck, huh? And he's like, yeah, basically. And so he pulls me out. We're in a parking lot. He's, got, he's, he's parked behind me, lights going. He handcuffs me and sits me on the, 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 you know, the tailgate of my truck and then proceeds to take everything out of my, my truck. And he says, am I going to find anything dangerous in your truck? And, you know, 17-year-old Josh, yeah, basically I said, well, you're going to find some firecrackers. You're going to find some bottle rockets. I know I got at least one airsoft gun in there. I've got a Jason mask behind the seat. You're going to find a slingshot, maybe a couple knives. Um, oh and like, and so then he starts pulling all that stuff out. Right. And, and uh, he starts pulling it out. And as he's doing, I'm like, are you finding any marijuana? <laughs> are you finding any pot? And I'm asking him. And so he, he took like a good hour to search my truck and just tore it apart. And then finally comes around and he goes, he goes, so I, he goes, all right you can go and I said did you find any pot <laughs> and he goes no and I said better luck next time and then that man proceeded to pull me over every Friday night for the next four weeks and so every Friday night literally wow. he would pull me over just kind of harass me like see what I was doing and and then the very last one um we won't get into that but anyway yeah so anyway so that that was my that's one of the times that I was detained not arrested or anything like that and so there's your, there's your story for a little bit of teenage Josh. 
I really think the moment somebody had to handcuff me, I would just burst into tears. Like, I don't, I do not think, you guys know I cry so easily. So <laughs> I, I would lose it. I would be crying. Like, yeah, it would be wailing. It'd be wailing. As long as you don't resist, it's fine. Just no, I resist. wouldn't resist. I would just, I would be in such fear. The moment they pulled out the handcuffs, I would just, I would be mm. in such fear. I get that. I've been, I got pulled over twice in the last year. Only times I've ever been pulled over while driving. Um, and I remember telling you, Josh, about it. Like when I got pulled over, I was like, yeah, it was so weird. Never happened before. I was like, I like locked up, like didn't know what to do. But then you were like, you just need to roll your back window down, leave your hands on the steering wheel, like do everything you can to show the cop, like that you value <laughs> them feeling safe. And the second time I got pulled over, it was right after our Friday night middle school event when we did, when we watched Toy Story. And there was a DUI checkpoint right by my house. And I was like, oh, I don't want to wait for this. I was like, that'll it'll add like 20 minutes to my drive home. So I really quickly like changed lanes and like turned to like go a different route, not thinking that, oh yeah, I'm sure a cop at a DUI checkpoint, if they see a guy like quickly avoid the checkpoint, they're going to flag him down. Um, but I did everything you told me to do. He was like, where have you been tonight? I was like, I was leading a movie night for my church middle school youth group. And he was just like, I have done nothing illegal. I am okay. <laughs> yeah, there's little tricks to the trade to show them that you're respecting them. And that's just the key. Anyway, anyway, we're digressing. Um, hopefully you know a little bit more of, of your, your youth ministry team now. Um, Tate, can I get into can I get into the, the encouraging word now? Yeah, what's your encourage? Where where's Jesus in all of this? <laughs> where's Jesus? Point us. Where should we be refuging today? Shelter. Jesus was right there with me on the tailgate. I I guarantee <laughs> he was he was humbling me right there on the tailgate. All right. Oh anyway, <laughs> so today because we're we're talking about sheltering with God, um, or allowing God to shelter us even this week, uh, and so I actually want to bring you to to Matthew chapter twenty two. Um, verses 34 uh, down to verse 40, um, where Jesus is basically having these talks and kind of these debates with the Pharisees. And this lawyer comes to him and asks him, like, teacher, basically, what's the greatest commandment? You know, I mean, it'd be like asking, you know, it'd be like asking in a sense, like, what's the sin I shouldn't commit? You know, like, what's the greatest commandment that I can do to be holy? And when Jesus answers him and says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Um, and then he continues, and this is the great and the first commandment and the second like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now I, I bring up that because Jesus says, so the first greatest commandment is to love your God with all your heart, soul, mind. And then if you go to the old Testament, uh, he's actually quoting from Deuteronomy and it's heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then to love your neighbor as yourself. And the, what I'm, what, the reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, I want to encourage you today, uh, as we're talking about sheltering in God, um, to shelter in hope. Yesterday was a shelter in some joy, right? To, to change your perspective and to have some, some uh, mentality that, that, that brings you to a place of joyfulness and thankfulness. And today, it's, it's hope. Now, how does loving your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and how does loving your neighbor bring hope? Well, in all honesty, and I know where I'm at in my faith, really what brought me to Christ even was, was I was offered hope. 
And I was offered hope by understanding that God loves me so sinking much. Um, I was, you know, you just heard a little bit of my testimony. I was, I was a punk white kid um, living in Northern California. And yet when Christ got a hold of me, when he really got a hold of me, what drew me to him and what drew me to salvation was hope and understanding how much God loves me. And now, how do we express hope today as disciples of Christ and as growing, maturing Christians, even in this time of sheltering in place? Um, how do we grow in hope? Well, first off, understand how much God loves you. Understand how loved you stinking are by the God that created you. Because in that, you find hope. Okay, you, you do. You have hope despite the darkest situation because you understand how much God loves you. And then second is to love somebody else. Oh my gosh, the greatest way to get out of some funk of like of, of feeling you know pity or sorry for yourself um, and to actually have some hope in your life and in your day is to love somebody else unconditionally. To love somebody else in the same way that you like being loved. Um, in a sense, maybe your love language is giving a gift. Go give somebody a gift. Um, maybe your love language is a word of affirmation. Go give somebody a word of affirmation. Maybe your love language is touch. Go give somebody a big old hug. I don't care about COVID-19. Go give them a hug. No, I'm teasing. Don't, don't do that. Um, but the idea here is like go and, and, and love somebody else in the same way that you want to be loved and you will find hope. And so just in that, you guys want to encourage you. Jesus said these are the greatest commandments. And I really believe from these commandments, we can find hope and joy and peace and really that life to the full that Jesus says that we can have in him. But today I want to focus on hope. And so on this Friday, um, as we move into this weekend, um, I want to encourage you to find hope first off by understanding how much God loves you. And second, by showing that hope and that love to somebody else. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I totally agree. I think that as the moment we're able to get our eyes up and on the Lord and on other people, um, it brings so much joy because I, I often get overwhelmed thinking like just how much God has done for me and how much he saved me from and, um, to hold, withhold that from other people in the form of like love or, or being positive, like to me just seems like I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't keep that Mm -hmm. from people. So um, I completely agree. And I think that it's not just hope that comes, but there's for sure peace too. For sure. Peace. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that completely. I love what you were talking about, Josh, and can relate to it. And that like during the darkest seasons in my life, and especially seasons where I've been most like down on myself, feeling most insecure uh, and all of that the hope that I've found has been in the love of God. That's the only place where it could come from. You know, I'm reading and studying the book of Job right now. And Job's about a dude who like everything he has is taken away from him. And from his perspective, there's no reason for it to happen, but all his friends, like you can kind of, you know, one of the main themes and what they're saying to him is that his hope needs to be in repenting and stopping sin and then becoming right in God's eyes. Like they're saying, that's how you'll get your life fixed. 
you know, you only get better when you confess whatever horrible, evil thing you've been doing in secret. And when you make your life right with God and you live righteously, then God will reward you. That's your hope. But the result of the book is like, that's not the case. Job hadn't yeah. been in sin. Job hadn't been punished by God. But then at the end of the book is God returns, restores him, renews his hope. We see Job offer sacrifices for his friends. We see Job able to offer them a forgiveness and an unconditional love at the end as a response to what God did in showing up for him. Mm. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Tate. It's good stuff. Well, you guys, I think that's the podcast, huh? Yeah, I think that's it. We we crushed it today. We did. I, uh, this one's a little different, but it's good. Um, well, everyone listening, we love you guys. We care about you. Um, reach out to us, you know, uh, through Instagram or through uh, one of our emails um, or through this thing. Um, just let us know what's going on. I guess, yeah, our Instagram is YM Calvary. Um, and then YouTube is Calvary Monterey Youth Ministry. And and through this thinking thing so leave us a leave us a uh yeah uh, not not a thumbs up what's it what's it i'm like totally review comment yeah have a good weekend everybody we love you stay safe get some sunshine wash your hands Bye. don't resist arrest calvary monterey's youth ministries meet on tuesday nights at 6 30 p.m at calvary monterey both middle school and high school students are welcomed Come on out. You belong here. And I promise, we don't bite.